0: Gracious Father, we come into your presence this morning with hearts of gratitude that you welcome us into your presence through the blood of your Son, Jesus. I pray this morning that you would open our eyes to see that Jesus truly is the radiance of your glory.
1: Give us a greater
0: and greater glimpse as we continue to worship you now. As we open up your word, may it bring life into our souls. And so we pray, come Holy Spirit, come speak, come move in our lives, come disrupt those places in us that you know you want shaken up, so that our lives would look more and more like the radiance of our Savior. We pray this boldly in his name, amen. Please be seated. I'm excited. This morning we're kicking off a new sermon series and we're going to be journeying this fall in the book of Hebrews. And as I do every season, thinking about, okay, Lord, what, what do you want me to preach? What do you want us to lean into in this new season ahead? And as I did and spent a lot of time in prayer, the Lord kept putting the book of Hebrews on my heart. And you'll see in a moment how I believe relevant it is going to be for us in the times in which we're living today today. So we're going to be journeying through Hebrews with the title, Holding Fast Without Wavering. Why Hebrews? Why now? It's no surprise that we have entered into a post-Christian, post-Christian culture where the pull is not only away from Christian values, but there's a growing hostility towards Christianity all over this country. Christianity, as many of you will sense this, is, is no longer really welcomed in the marketplace. We're seeing a greater and greater decline of religious liberties today. It's happening all over the place. It's being ridiculed and, and one in place in particular is on college campuses. Some of you may have heard me share this in my devotion on Thursday, but I was remembering Ann Claire's final, one of her final classes her last semester at U of A. The students were all there and the teacher, the professor asked those who were Christians to raise their hands and so they did. The professor went on to say, then it's now my job for the rest of this semester to convince you that there is no God. And this wasn't a religion class, it was economics. It's all over the place, and it's going to become more and more intense, I believe. As someone I recently heard said, darkness is thickening, the powers of evil seem to be growing stronger and stronger, and Christianity is going to continue to be tested more and more intensely So I think about this cultural moment that we're in today and I think about why Hebrews, why now? It's this reason. Hebrews is a message rooted in real life. It's addressed to people just like you and me who were facing circumstances that were outside of their control. They lived in a time where where Christians were being targeted. They were being challenged with the cost of discipleship. Are they going to stay the course and remain faithful or are they going to waver And pull away from their faith. You see, the author is writing to these Jewish Christians who were beginning to waver in their faithfulness with the Lord. Last Sunday, I believe it was last Sunday, one of our prayer team members was here early praying for the service and just what the Lord was going to want to do in our midst. And they later sent me this message and I'm going to read it to you. This, this vision that they believe God showed them for us. So I want you to hear this and see how the Lord might be speaking this into us right now, those of us here at St. Andrews. Here's what they saw. They said this, I saw in my mind a picture of a rowboat tied to a dock, and as I was pondering what this meant, I felt like the Lord was speaking to me and stating that it's easy for any of us to become unmoored from the dock. The dock is God. The drifting out to sea is often so slow and gradual that it's practically undetectable. However, one day we wake up and we find ourselves in the midst of an ocean and a strong storm blows up. And there we are crying out for Jesus to come and save us. To be sure, he will always be there to help us in our time of need. But now, but how will he ever allow us to continue to go back? And they said this, But how did we ever allow ourselves to drift so far away without even noticing it? And they said, I began to wonder, what is this thick rope? How can we make sure that we are tied to the dock and we remain secure? That's what the author is addressing here in the book of Hebrews. The danger of followers of Christ slowly drifting away. I love it because this person had no idea what I was going to be preaching on, (laughs) that we were going to be looking at a book where Christians were like that. They had become unmoored, if you will, from the dock and were slowly drifting out to sea. We're going to be looking at that theme, holding fast without wavering. How do we stand firm in these days ahead? See, what we find in Hebrews is a God who is present with us in the midst of an insecure world, and that's where we're living in today that he addresses the crisis that many Christians found themselves in. So I want to ask you this question. Have you begun to see your faith waver? Have you begun to see your faith waver? If so, lean into the book of Hebrews. (laughs) Lean into the book of Hebrews and you will be encouraged, you will be challenged, you will find yourself being drawn back to the God who is with you. What I want to do for the next few minutes is two things. One, just give a a greater introduction into the book of Hebrews. And then we're going to dive into the first few verses and see the God who speaks to us today. So by way of introduction, I want to say this. One of my professors in seminary talked about the book of Hebrews in this way. He he likened it to an eccentric millionaire, rich but puzzling. I don't know if you all have spent much time in the book of Hebrews. It's really one of those books that's, that's not studied too often in the New Testament. And there are a number of reasons why. It's unlike all the other epistles in the New Testament and that it's not a letter, if you will. It's rather a sermon that was given to these folks in Rome. It's very pastoral and it's filled with rich doctrine it's also filled with sharp warnings to call the Christians to stand firm in their faith in Christ. It's puzzling in that he talks a lot about angels and this man named Melchizedek, who we don't know a whole lot about, but he was a priest in the Old Testament. The author quotes a lot from the Old Testament, and I think that's probably one of the reasons why a lot of us don't spend time in the book of Hebrews, because when you read it, there's all these references to the Old Testament. And we can think, I don't know enough about that, so it's very confusing. What I hope you find as we unpack this beautiful book or sermon is that we're going to find that the Old Testament, as beautiful it is, points to the fulfillment of Christ in the New. What we find in the Old, the promises, find the fulfillment in the New, and that's one of the things that the author of Hebrews lets lets us in on. Now, we don't know who the author is. There's been a lot of speculation and I'm not going to tell you who I think it is because <laughs> I'm likely going to be wrong. But we don't know who the author is, but that's okay. But we know it was written to these Jewish Christians in Rome who were, had already gone through a season of persecution and they were now about to experience a greater degree of persecution. It was likely written before A.D. 70. So here's what we know that these Jewish Christians, these new believers in Christ, they'd become stagnant in their pursuit of Jesus. They'd become slow to learn, and what they were learning, they weren't practicing. They were wrestling with their commitment to follow Jesus. In other words, they were struggling with the cost of discipleship. I wonder if any of you this morning can relate to that. Do you or have you found yourself struggling with the cost of discipleship? You're learning, but are you practicing? Our learning is nothing if we're not living it out, embodying it as we go day after day. Have you found yourself slowly drifting away? If you have, this is for you. (laughs) This letter will draw you back You see, their world was falling apart in many ways. We look around today at ours, don't we? And we can easily think ours is falling apart too. There's a lot of difficulty. There's a lot of pain. There's a lot of suffering. And we can wonder, God, when is it going to stop? Is it just going to get more and more intense? And I would say it's likely going to get more and more intense. God's word tells us that. But when we're wrestling with, am I going to stay the course as it gets more and more intense? As I've said before, come back to this book of Hebrews and you'll be reminded that Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, he endured the cross on our behalf. He went through the greatest suffering, the greatest persecution, and he endured it and he came through in the resurrection. As we look to him, friends, we too can find that we also will come through Reminded of the words at the towards the end of Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Here's what we read. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. You find your faith wavering when you find yourself struggling to to stay faithful with this cost of discipleship, of of, of following Jesus. Look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. He will give you all that you need to not just endure, but I love that, that he wrote, "...the joy that was set before him." This is not a doom and gloom time of life for us. We can walk with joy knowing the hope that we have in Christ and what the final outcome will be. We also find this in the book of Hebrews. We find that the author is like a friend who knows how to get in his friend's face. (laughs) I wonder, do you have someone like that in your life? Do you have a friend that you've allowed to get in your face? and vice versa. That's what we find here. A friend who doesn't let you off the hook lightly. Reminded of Proverbs chapter 27 verse 9, we read, perfume and incense bring joy to the heart and the pleasantness of a friend springs forth from their heartfelt advice. Do you listen to your friends? Do you allow allow your friends to see things in your life and come and challenge you in that? You know, there's a lot of things that we we don't see in ourselves, do we? But you ask someone who lives maybe in your own home (laughs) or a friend that you share and do life with, ask them what they see. Dustin was leading our staff recently in some discipleship material and, and one of the, the, the things that we looked at are, was what do we love? What are the things that our life shows that we love? And Kimberly and I were talking about that and, and, you know, I could tell you what I love, but she would have another angle on it, wouldn't she? But then we thought, we took it even a step further. We said, what if we ask our kids, what do they see about our lives? <laughs> What do they see about what we love? Now, that's kind of scary because they're going to tell you what's true. But, friends, I can tell you we need people in our lives like that who are going to tell us what we do not see. That's one of the things the author of Hebrews does. And listen, if you're willing to come and submit yourself to this in this season ahead, he will show you, and it won't always be pleasant, but it will be freeing and life-changing for you. That's one of the things that we find here in the book of Hebrews. That's introduction, okay? There's a lot more that can be said, but that'll set us up as we dive in. Now I want to turn to the first few verses of Hebrews and look at the God who speaks. You can read with me and follow along in your bulletin. It's interesting because... The original Greek here, the first four verses are one long sentence. Now, it's broken up in our text, but it's one long sentence that all flows together. So I'm going to read it. He begins with these words, long ago, at many times, in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, But in these last days, he's spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature. He upholds the universe by the word of his power after making purification for sins and sat down at the right hand of majesty on high. I love how he begins this. He begins by taking us doing what? He's taken us all the way back to the beginning with these words long ago at many times and in many ways, God did what? He spoke. Friends, I want you to see this morning that our God is a God who doesn't remain silent. He's a God who speaks. And when he speaks, we need to listen, right? What we find here is that God has been speaking from the very beginning. And I would say, friends, he didn't just speak in the beginning, It tells us now he has spoken now in the person of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's encouraging when you read this to know God has always been speaking from the very beginning. And he didn't just speak through the prophets. Think about some other ways you read the Old Testament that you saw God speak. He spoke through the prophets. He spoke through dreams and visions. He spoke through a burning bush. he also spoke through a donkey (laughs) i love it our god is a god who speaks and that tells us something about him that he doesn't just speak but he speaks to reveal who he is you see that he's always wanting to reveal who he is that we might come to know him in a deep and intimate way yes god spoke in the old testament But what we find is Christ came into this world, the son of God in this world. God finally spoke through his son. Amen. The fullness of revelation has now come and he's spoken through his son. Listen, friends, I want you to know when scripture speaks, God speaks. Let me say that again. When Scripture speaks, God speaks from the very beginning to the very end. You want to hear the Lord? I'll often hear people say, I I just don't hear God. I don't hear God. But don't go looking for an audible voice. That could happen, not likely. But you want to hear God? It's right here, (laughs) spoken so clearly through His Word. Going back to that vision that I named at the beginning about that, boat that had kind of come off its mooring come away from the dock do you know what i believe tethers us back to the dock it's the word of god you want to know what keeps us from wavering in our faith or or slowly drifting away and friends it is ever so subtle it's that you and i are so linked to the word of god and as we're linked to the word of god we are linked in to god himself you want to know how to stand firm in challenging days? Hold fast to the word of God. Because as you do, you will hear the Lord speak in beautiful ways to you. And what we find in the scriptures is this. God always takes the initiative to speak to you and me. He always initiates it. And you know what the motivation is? I love it. It's his love. It's his love for us that he would reveal who he is and what he's doing and the things that are ahead. William Lane, in his commentary on the book of Hebrews, wrote this, and I love this quote, God is engaged in a stunning love affair with the human family. In the person of the Son, God exposes himself as incarnate to satisfy our need, to grasp with our senses, to see him, to listen to him, to touch him the emphasis falls on the factual truth that God comes again and again and again into our human experience, disclosing his presence to us precisely when we had suspected that we were all alone in the world, trapped in the prison of our own limited resources. God seizes the initiative and makes himself known. He seizes it and he makes himself known. Friends, no longer does God just speak through visions or dreams or prophetic words. God has spoken now in the person of his son and it's right here before us in his word. And what we find out about who he is, I love verse 3. Listen, the author wrote this. He is the radiance, meaning Jesus. Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. Then he wrote, after making purification for sin, sat down at the right hand of God on high. You want to know who God is? Look to his son. You will see the radiance of the glory of God as you look to the son. And friends, as you do, you will find your life captured by this beauty. And when you are captured by his beauty, come and submit to what he wants to do in and through your life. When you read the scriptures, you can know that God is speaking. I'm going to wrap up with this. When you're presented with a challenge in your life, and some of you are that no one else knows about, when you are in that valley, that valley that seems like the valley of the shadow of death, and it's dark, and it's quiet, and it's lonely, and you feel like there's no one else around. Friends, I want you to know that God is speaking to you in that moment. You want to know what we need to do is to turn back to the beauty of his word. You want to hear him speak when you think he's silent One of the greatest challenges that we face today in our culture that we are so busy, and you've heard me say this so many times, we busy ourselves, we want to hear, but we don't. But let me tell you, if you just stop and you just still yourselves before the beauty of God and you open his word, you will begin to hear him speak and he will speak right to what is going on in your life. I can assure you of that. He is that personal and knows exactly what he wants you to say So the invitation for you and me is this, part of the application is what is it going to look like to create space in our lives to sit and listen to the Lord through his word? Our God speaks and when he does, he reveals to us the radiance of the glory of God. You want to find strength in troubling times, there's no greater strength than this. So we begin our journey today. Ask the Lord what he wants to do in and through you as we go through this book. But come with an open heart and see what he wants to say. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this this beautiful word of yours. Lord, that you reveal more and more of who you are. And I thank you that, Jesus, you have come to reveal the radiance of the glory of God, that you are the exact imprint of his nature Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are the one who upholds the universe by the word of your power. Father, as we go through things this week ahead, whether challenges, uncertainties, fears, may we know with boldness and confidence that you are the one who has authority over all things. As you are upholding the universe, so are you upholding us. Draw us to a deep faithful, surrender to you. I pray in Christ's name. Amen.